It's good to have you back. Welcome back. We are going through the book of Luke, one chapter at a time, one chapter a day. Luke chapter 5, if you are on schedule, it is December 5th. If you are not on schedule, that's okay. Take your time. Follow along. Uh, This is supposed to be just something uplifting, beneficial for us as we journey through the book of Luke and get to Christmas where we know a little bit more about who this Jesus is, whose birth that we celebrate on December 25th. Uh, But like I said before, Luke chapter 5, we've been going through Luke 1 through 4 already, and we learned a little bit about this Jesus. This Jesus comes, he comes with authority in our last chapter over the demons. And he also comes to preach the good news of the kingdom of God. But what does that mean? What does it mean for him to proclaim the good news? This is his purpose. Well, we're going to find out here in a little bit in chapter 5 what that means. I don't know if it's Luke's goal or not, but he really does kind of set us up in a great way where we see Jesus do some miraculous things, but then in the middle of it, he shows us really what the kingdom of God is all about. I don't think it's an accident, but it starts with him calling his first disciple, his first learner. Think about that. Whose disciple were you? Obviously, Jesus is your teacher. You're his disciple. But who brought you to the faith? Who's responsible? Yes, the Holy Spirit, but who taught you Jesus? Who do you give thanks for? Why is it that you're listening to this today? Why does it matter to you? Was it your grandmother, mother, father, a friend, best friend? Maybe it was a child, son or a daughter. You should call them up. Thank them for leading you to Jesus. In fact, I have a couple of people in my mind. I, I'm going to call them up too. I'm going to thank them. I'm going to write a letter, say thank you for bringing me to church teaching me to faith, because I I know there are times when I was kicking and screaming, right? That's the reality of it. But I'm thankful. I'm thankful that they taught me Jesus. But I'm thankful that you're here uh, to learn more about Jesus. And I'm I'm hoping that you're going to send in some replies as to some things that you've been thinking about so that I can grow too. Uh, The first person that Jesus is going to call is Simon. All right, Simon is, is in the boat. He's asked to put out a little bit from the land, right? He just got back from his big uh, fishing excursion. And uh, after teaching, you know, he tells Simon, hey, go ahead and let down the nets. And he's like, ah, I don't really want to. I'm tired. I've been fishing all day. But he's very respectful. Because you said so, Lord, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. He throws his fish out there or his net out there for the fish. A large number. Extremely large number. In fact, the nets were breaking. That's how many fish there were. So he calls his partners and says, hey, come out of here. There's so many fish. And the boats actually became so filled that they begin to sink. With Jesus present, they catch all these fish. When this happens, what does Simon say? He says, oh, Lord, get away from me. I'm a sinful man. See, in Peter's mind, there's no way, humanly speaking, that Jesus could have just predicted this. He had to have had a a cause. He had to have been the reason why this happened. And someone like this has to be from God. And Peter knows a little bit about himself. 
Peter knows that he should not be in the presence of a man from God. He knows that he's unworthy. He's a sinful man. No sinful man could be in the presence of, of a holy man and live. Lord, get away from me. Ah, see, Jesus has Peter right where he wants him. No, from now on, you're going to be a fisher of, of men. You are the perfect one, Peter. Yes, you might be a sinner. Jesus isn't saying this, but we know it's true. You're the perfect one to go and get other sinners. And from this point on, Peter's going to follow Jesus. He's going to learn. He's going to know about Jesus, and he's going to tell others about Jesus after the resurrection and ascension and when Jesus or the uh, when Jesus and the Father send the Spirit, and the Spirit will lead them to share the good news of Jesus. So who are you sharing the good news with? Someone shared the good news with you. Who are you sharing the good news with? That's something I'm thinking about today. I hope you are too. Maybe that person's going to come to your mind as we're having this discussion. So what's the kingdom of God about? Is it about getting a bunch of fish? Is that what it means to, to be in the presence of the kingdom of God? Okay, that's, I guess, part of it, but not all of it. Jesus is going to approach now a leper. A leper's there filled with his, his grotesque skin. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the later chapters where Jesus is going to heal 10 lepers, but their skin is falling off, grotesque, right? Uh, they don't get to hang out with a lot of people because nobody wants to hang out with them, and they're not supposed to hang out with them. Ceremonially clean. But Jesus says, I'm willing to make you clean. He stretches out his hand and touches the individual. He touches him, touches a leper, a leper. This guy probably hasn't been touched in who knows how long the power of physical touch, yet Jesus reaches out his hand to touch him. I'm willing, be clean. So the individual goes away healed, goes and shows himself to the priest so that he can be back in the community. Wow. This is powerful. So is this the kingdom of God? Well, sure. Yes, right? Because that's part of what, what he can do. He can heal people. Yes, he can bring about all of these fish. So what's next? Ah, another healing is going to take place where an individual is going to be lowered in through the roof. Right, His buddies are bringing this individual to Jesus because they hear about him. In fact, news is coming from all over the place, from every village in Galilee, it says in Luke chapter 5. And the power of the Lord was on him to heal. So these men are bringing their friend, their buddy with him, who's unable to walk. They lower him through the roof because it's so crowded, they can't get through the door. But these guys will do whatever it takes to get their friend to Jesus because they've heard about some of the things that Jesus has done. And they're going to do whatever it takes to get him in there. They just know if they get this guy to Jesus, Jesus is going to be able to do something about it. So as you're reading through the book of Luke, you're thinking, wow, this is going to be amazing. I can't wait to see Jesus do this. And the people who are all watching probably can't wait to see Jesus heal this individual. They've heard about him doing these kinds of things. But then he does something that might seem almost disappointing. 
He looks at the guy, or actually he looks at those who brought the man, and then he says to the man, hey, good news, your sins are forgiven. Wait, what? As the reader, you're almost a little disappointed. Heal this guy. The Pharisees, the scribes, Sadducees, whoever's there, what are they saying? Wait, you can't do this. This is blasphemous. Only God can forgive sins. I mean, how do we know this is something that you can actually do? Fine, we can be a witness to you healing somebody, but you can't just say somebody's sins are forgiven. Only God can do that. Then Jesus says the words. Why do you question in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven? Or say, rise and walk? But so that you know that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Or maybe another way of saying it. Just so you know, I'm not blowing smoke. I'm not just saying words. I'll say it. Pick up your mat. Pick up your bed. And go home. And the individual did that. He went up, picked up his mat, and was glorifying God. See, when you look at this, it'd be tempted just to, to stop at the healing and say, wow, this is what the kingdom of God is about. And it is. But not just about these individual healings. It's about so much more than that. It's about God and his infinite wisdom reversing what sin has done to this broken and corrupt world. More than just healing a man whose, whose legs weren't working or a leper who needed to be cleansed or Simon's mother who was sick and ill or catching some fish. There was something that was at the heart of the matter that needed to be addressed. Something that was bigger than this, the separation from man to God. Who's going to bridge this gap? And Jesus says it. Your sins are forgiven. See, this is what it means for him to proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God. It's not just about the healing, because what good is a healing if this individual was going to die and not be at peace with God? What good was it for the, the leper's skin to be restored if his skin was just going to be decomposing at a later time when he suffered the consequences of sin, which is death? You see what I'm saying? Healings really aren't that meaningful if you're just going to die again or die. <laughs> Healings aren't that meaningful if you're just going to get sick. Healings aren't that meaningful if there's still an eternity that can't be overcome. But Jesus comes to reverse all of that. Yes, to bring peace between mankind and God, to reverse it, restore it all. See, Jesus comes with a beautiful testimony, fantastic gospel for you, for me, rise and walk, not just to change this guy's life, but to show that Jesus can, can alter eternity so that you know I have the authority, so that you know the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Okay, get up and walk. It's also his way of saying, well, I know only God can forgive sins, but who do you think is standing in front of you? Get up and walk. And the guy does. Whew. 
Wow, it's absolutely amazing. And then, getting back to that theme, <laughs> it says Jesus sees their faith, right? When talking about those who brought this individual to Jesus, they believed in Jesus. So again, who are you impacting in your life? Who has impacted you? Who lifted you up to see Jesus? And who are you lifting up? And I really don't mean that as a law, lift somebody up or else, but sometimes we don't even realize the impact that our faith is having on another individual. It's neat to think about. I hope you think about that throughout the day. Who's God putting in front of you where you can make such a great impact? Well, Jesus was making an impact on a lot of people. (laughs) Simon, lepers, paralytics. And at the end here, it seems like Jesus is going to make an impact on a guy named Levi. Levi sitting at his tax collector booth. Jesus says, follow me. And he leaves everything. He rose and he followed him. Now, this is kind of interesting because this tax collecting business could be pretty profitable. There weren't a whole lot of checks and balances, though there were some. Pretty wealthy individual. Probably didn't have a lot of friends. What's interesting about this is that this Jesus comes to him and says, follow me. And he says, okay, if, if you really want to, to be in fellowship with me, okay, sure, right? Tax collectors had, had a bad name. They're known for maybe skimming a little more off the top. You don't want to be a friend with somebody, somebody like this. But Jesus is eating with Levi and, and his friends, sinners, tax collectors. And a lot of people are looking at this and they don't understand it. How can Jesus be hanging out with sinners and tax collectors? I mean, if this guy is supposed to be so great, if he's supposed to be divine-like, because they didn't believe he was divine, but if he's making that claim or if people are claiming that about him, you'd think that he'd want to be hanging out with the good guys, the guys who were the heads of the synagogues, the guys that were the churchy folks who were the heads. But no, he's hanging out with sinners and tax collectors. Listen to what Jesus says. He says, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I mean, just think about what that means. If you're somebody that is a sinner, Jesus is for you. But if you don't think you need Jesus, if you think you're pretty good, well, then you don't get Jesus. You don't get that peace, that forgiveness. Jesus came for sinners. And of course, every single person, every single human, if we really were to examine ourselves, we know how much that we desperately need Jesus. And that's what's great about it. Good, if you need me, I'm yours. Oh, what a great word of encouragement as we are in this season of Advent. Counting down the days until Christmas comes. Yes, we need Jesus now more than ever. Oh, I'm so thankful for Jesus. I'm thankful for those who brought me to Jesus. I'm thankful that he has put me in other people's life to bring Jesus to them.
And he's doing the same thing through you too, isn't he? Well, God's peace to you for the rest of the day. I look forward to our time tomorrow. May your Advent journey continue to be blessed. Luke 6, see you tomorrow.